Welcome to the Philly Special Podcast. I'm Colin Rudisil here with Kelson Hazelwood coming back at you immediately after last week because we had a podcast, right, Kelson? We've been doing yep. podcasts for the last five weeks. Sure have. You guys missed all of them, I think. But Yeah, I, I think so, too. Uh, but yeah, we're back here just talking about, uh, you know, the 2019 season, what we think about it and looking into the future of what we think the Eagles should do. Just kind of one last podcast to wrap everything up until we get started, uh, around draft time next season. Um, Kelson, I'm going to start with the 2019 season since we kind of, you know, left when things were starting to get good as we were talking about earlier. And, uh, maybe there's some correlation to that. We won three games in a row right after we left. Yeah, I think uh, this podcast is kind of a curse. It's a good thing we stopped. <laughs> and here we are again. But you know what? Yep. The Eagles are done, so we're good. Uh, the first thing I've written down, and I just want to ask you, 2019 season for the Philadelphia Eagles as a whole, would you label it as successful or unsuccessful? Successful. And why? Uh, so I think we saw this team battle through so much adversity and still make the playoffs one. Granted, the NFC East was a shit show. We all know that. But still make the playoffs one. And honestly, even hang in there with the Seahawks in that first playoff game. And if Carson Wentz plays in that game, there's little doubt in my mind that we are we possibly win it. Or I think we win it. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Um, I don't know. I'd say it's a huge success because I think we finally learned our lesson on where we're going wrong with some of these older players, what we're missing in the draft and what we're going to need to do this offseason to fill in those holes. And I truly think, we all said this at the beginning of last season too, but I truly think next year's Eagles team, like, no stopping them. And I think that this year is just another great year for Carson, one. Uh, the dude had three, like, last quarter comebacks in the last four games, I think. It was just kind of... You saw a lot of growth from a lot of young people, and I think that I think it's going to allow them to move on and just be more successful in the future. That's why I'd say this season was a success. Yeah, and I'm kind of with you for the most part, too, and I pin it back to even just a good example is that game against Seattle where Carson Wentz goes down, Josh McCown comes in, right. rips his freaking hamstring off <clears> the <throat> bone, and still, still almost let a drive to win that game. Right. Or at least it's I, Josh I McCown. Right. Like, this so is I not think, Carson Wentz we're talking about anymore. This is Josh McCown. That is insane. Yeah. The guy's like 40 years old. He hasn't played in a single playoff game. And, God, he left literally, I think, a piece of his hamstring, but everything he had out there on the field. And, <laughs> no yeah, kidding. I was proud. Yeah. And it sucks. Obviously, we didn't get the result we wanted. And there was a lot. And this is where I think it's partially unsuccessful. Just so much potential and so much like, oh, this team could easily make the playoffs, should be easily winning the NFC East. Right. Um, you know, maybe pushing towards another Super Bowl. And obviously we didn't get that. A lot of that can be pinned on injuries, which was a huge factor all year long. I mean, when you have a line for the blue tent on the sideline, guys are going to have to go to the locker room to get checked out. That's that's a problem. And it happened all season. But I think the big success is we had that next man up mentality, and there were so many players you saw just kind of burst onto the scene that maybe you haven't heard of before. But they were out there making plays. Um I actually have a little MVP list that I'm going to get into soon. We'll hear some of those names. Okay. But, uh, yeah, it's it, I just was really impressed with how they had that next man up mentality. Still, with guys getting injured, starters, day, from day one, it seems like every single week somebody else is getting hurt, right? Right. And it's usually not just the rest of the game. It's for games or the season. Somebody steps up, this team still goes on and wins the NFC East and still is competitive in the playoffs. So, yeah, I think right. overall successful. I agree. So, yeah, you hear that all the time, the whole next man up mentality. Every football team supposedly has it. The Eagles actually do. And I think everyone wants to be out there, wants to be fighting. And you can just really tell they love playing for Doug Peterson. And this is two years in a row now we've seen this team make insane runs to just even make the playoffs. And it's not the result we want in the end, but it's just good to see that fight. And I think that that's going to continue and be very valuable when things actually do go our way. Yeah, we add those pieces like you were saying, and this is such a good, kind of getting ahead of ourselves here, but a good draft and good free agency, just from what I've been seeing, that we can add those pieces and those big pieces that we're missing. It's no secret, I think, that the Eagles need help a wide receiver and defensive back. I mean, those are the two biggest departments. It has to be addressed, and I think this is a good free agency and draft to do it. Uh, let's see, I've got a, a Carson Wentz controversy written on here, too, and I just think there was so much hate towards Carson this year. 
Yeah, we talked about that so much, and it didn't end even even down to the point where the man gets concussed on a bullshit play. Yeah, and I was telling all my friends, I'm like, let's see Mitchell Trubisky or Jacoby Brissett, my fan or my friends are uh, Colts and Bears fans, come out there and get hit in the head the way he did, plowed into the ground and not get a concussion. But no, he's going to get called soft because right. what? That is the third time in three years he's been injured. It is something to monitor. But everybody's gonna get hurt off that. Play. That one, that one is not on Carson. I, it it can't be. Yeah, and any we, human being is gonna take that hit and be concussed. I don't know what you want. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it, it's not even just quarterbacks, running backs, receivers, linemen, all of them. Yeah. Right. And I guarantee, if it was up to Carson, he would have came back in that game. You know. Yeah. But <coughs> excuse me. Uh, but you know, it, it, we kind of dove into it a little bit, and I'm sure more than one podcast about. Even our own fan base saying, oh, why don't we have Nick Foles? I'm not even going to touch on that. But let's, I mean, look at Carson Wentz's numbers. In my opinion, this guy was a borderline all-star if you didn't have guys like Russell Wilson and Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers out there who were clearly had a better season with better receivers, might I add. Uh, but the guy had, what, over uh, 5,000 yards passing for the first time in his career? I think it was 4,000. <laughs> 4,000, you're right. It's, it's the first time in Eagles history. Uh, That's insane. That and the weapons that he had? Yeah, I mean, the, the preseason roster, pretty much. Right. Um, and then a stat I saw earlier today that I didn't know, he was he threw 17 touchdowns and no interceptions in the red zone this year. That is impressive. <laughs> Carson is growing, and I think once we give him some weapons, and obviously we're going to get into what kind of weapons we think he should get, um, I think he's, he's going to keep growing, and he's going to get into the MVP conversation again and the Pro Bowl conversation, all that good stuff, so... Yeah, just gotta gotta keep up with the injuries, man. They gotta stop. So something I wanted to bring up is Miles Sanders for Rookie of the Year gets one vote. How do you <laughs> feel about that? All right. Well, we've had conversations outside this podcast okay. about. I want to like, hear you say it right now to everyone else. Look, one <laughs> vote does seem a little a little lame. Yeah. Right. Uh, because the guy was, I mean, what most scrimmage yards, right, for rookies? Yep. <clears throat> um. I mean, got better every single uh, every single game. And when he got more opportunity with Jordan Howard getting out, it was even better. Obviously, I'm kind of dancing around your question. Uh, I don't think he was rookie of the year this year. I don't. I, I would have taken Kyler Murray and Josh Kyler Jacobs. Murray? Yeah. yeah Josh I Jacobs, I can understand. Kyler Murray, no way. Kyler Murray just played on a bad team, but he still got the Cardinals better. I mean. Sure, but he's not rookie of the year. I don't know. He played really well in the first part of the year. I I don't know. He doesn't deserve it over Miles. I don't know. I don't know about that. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> let it go. I'm just saying, when you look at the numbers between Miles and Josh, they're almost identical. And I don't know. Miles gets one vote. Josh Jacobs gets however many. And Josh Jacobs missed like three games. Miles played all of them. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, like, you can make an argument. Yeah, like, Josh had better numbers. Say, he played yeah. those games. But, I mean, at the same time, Miles was sitting behind Jordan Howard for, like, the first five or six games. So That's true. There know. were times where he only got, like, four or five snaps. Right. <coughs> uh, yeah, I, it's, again, it could, you can look at it as nobody's really looking into the Eagles that much, at least at that position or at quarterback. And next year, they can put them all on blast. So, right. um, to kind of get into the darker side of things, and darker is kind of a bad word. I guess just kind of the negative parts of 2019. I think uh, two things stick out for me, and it's the games that we could have won mm-hmm. and some of the rumors, what we know and we don't know, about what was going on in the locker room. Right. Um, I don't know. You watched uh, All or Nothing. I still haven't seen it. Was Did they address any of that in it? No. It was completely skipped over for the most part. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know if they, if they brought it up. No, they kind of left that part out, unfortunately. I was hoping that would kind of come up as well. Yeah, get a little bit closure or something. But, yeah. I, you know, for the most part, my general philosophy with all that is when there's smoke, there's fire. And I know, like, uh, oh, God, I can't remember his name, the cornerback. Um, why can't I remember his name? Oh, Orlando Skandrick, sorry. Yes, thank you, Orlando Skandrick. Yeah, yeah. I think he was full of shit with a lot of things and just kind of pissed off. But still... When there's smoke, there's fire. I think something did happen in that locker room, and it seems like most of the fingers point at Alshon Jeffrey. I I don't know. I uh, what do you think about it? I mean, I I think the same thing. Like we can never really know because they're going to keep 
you know, closed-lipped about all of that. But ev- everyone that says anything at all says Alshon Jeffrey, and I could see it. Yeah, I mean, he's obviously kind of coming into Philadelphia, supposed to be the number one guy and all this, and kind of rejuvenating his career. And he, he has, in a sense, but I don't think he's been as good as everybody thought. And a lot of that has to do with he's not on the field as much as everybody thought he would be since he's hurt. But, yeah, I, I don't know. Hopefully that all gets figured out, too. You have to hope it's just kind of an injury frustration for him. He just wants to blame it on someone else, but he's really just on the sideline hurt. So, like, what are you even going to do? Yeah, gosh. I don't know. Just, yeah, it's probably frustrating, too, I'd imagine, with, uh, you know, he played really well with Nick Foles. Yeah. When when Foles took over, and then when Wentz comes back, obviously he's looking more towards the tight ends. They're just different quarterbacks in that sense. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't know. Hopefully, all that's going to breeze over next season. When uh, I can't remember whose quote this is, but he said, "You know what? Fix locker room problems, and it's winning." You know, <laughs> so let's win, and then hopefully all that goes away. Makes sense. And then yeah, there were three games to me that stuck out more than any of the other games. Like as winnable um, games or? Yes. Four games, okay. I would say, in the regular season. And the other one's the Packers. I thought that was a great win. Right. Uh, the biggest one is the Lions. Yep. Because that, the last drive they had on offense, you saw Matt Collins drop a pass, Ortega Whiteside drop a pass, and I think Aguilar drop a pass. Right. All in that same drive. That any of those get caught, they're in field goal range, they're about to score a touchdown, one of the two, where this game is completely flipped upside down and the Eagles are probably the favorites statistically to win the game. Mm-hmm. So obviously that doesn't happen. But then even worse than that, all I'm hearing is about how Carson Wentz can't win the big game. What's right. he supposed to do besides put the ball exactly where it's supposed to be? I mean, he did everything. Like, and Atlanta is the same story. Like, yeah, like, so we, I was watching this game again in all or nothing and you see Aguilar drop this wide open touchdown pass. And then he comes back one or two plays later makes like a 40 yard grab like great we're closer but like you dropped the surefire touchdown Mm -hmm. like go ahead it it was just back to back with the Atlanta and the Detroit game where I was just fed up and I think we all were and I think that that you know we keep alluding to it I think that that screams that we need help a wide receiver a hundred percent yeah and you know we're gonna get into the free agents that we want to see get picked up, and the free agents maybe for us that we want to see let go. I'm not trying to hint towards anything there, Nelson Aguilar, but I'm sure your name will be brought up. And that's pretty much all I had to say about the Falcons too. And then the Dolphins game, where it's like you know we finally get off this tough stretch, right? Where you know we're facing Buffalo, Chicago, Minnesota, New England, Seattle. Finally, we get the Dolphins. And what happens in Miami, Kelson? They just blow us the fuck up. Right. And, you know, Zach Ertz drops a pass late in that game that would have set us up for a first down or whatever. And it's like just everything you thought maybe we were shifting away because we played the Patriots so well and we played Seattle pretty well. And it all just fell apart in the Dolphins game. And that felt like a game that should have been a shoe in for us to be taking over the division. And instead, I thought that was the beginning of the end. Yeah, that that Dolphins game. It's kind of an enigma because that was the game where the defense just played terribly. The offense mm-hmm. put up 31 points. Like, you put up 31 points in the game. You should win if your defense plays decently. The defense allowed 37 points. Like To the Dolphins. To the Dolphins. Like, that is unheard of. <laughs> and then I think real quickly after that, you saw the defense start to play better, and all of a sudden we're starting to win some of these. You go on that four-game winning streak to make the playoffs, but... Yeah, the Dolphins game was a, a fucking hit to the face. Yeah, I was ready to turn that one off more than any oh, game yeah. this season. Uh, and Fitz, it's Fitzpatrick, bro. Fitz Magic, Dude. that one year started we don't uh, when he was in Tampa Bay, started in Philadelphia. Mm. It's unbelievable how well he plays against the Eagles. Um, but yeah, those, those are the big games that stuck out for me this year. And I think, you know, we finished nine and seven and everybody was saying, well, this is why we should just have the best teams in the division make the playoffs and not have or excuse me, best teams in the conference and not have divisions. And it just sucks when you think about winning the Lions, the Falcons, or the Dolphins, especially two of them, but even one, 10 and six looks so much better than nine right. and seven. Mm-hmm. If they were 10 and six, nobody would say anything. But yeah, that, that is what it is, you know? And what are you going to do? All right, I'm ready for the MVPs if you are. I've got 
I've got I've got some people that stuck out for me. Okay, I'm sure I can name a couple right now, but go ahead. I bet you we probably line up a little bit. I would imagine. I think most right. Eagles fans would. Um, I have four written, but I think I have I think I have five. Okay, and uh, my biggest MVP is Carson Wentz because I don't think he got enough love. And I think he played like an elite level quarterback with very, very less than elite level talent around him. So when we get that stuff, when he finally gets to, you know, show out his true form, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, have guys that are going to live up to his potential, it's, it's going to be through the roof great. And I just think this season with all the shit that he had and still being at an elite level and throwing more yards than any Eagles quarterback in history just shows how good this quarterback really is. So for me, he had the best season out of any Eagle. Yeah, I can't, like, I don't think anyone can fight you on that. And I don't, I'll never understand the Carson Wentz hate because you even look back in week one where he throws two 50, 60 yard bombs to DJX for touchdowns. Like when Carson has talent, it's insane what can happen. Like they were behind in that game and they came back and just took it over. And then even the rest of the season, Carson was making something out of nothing. I think you throw any other quarterback on the Eagles this season and it would fall apart. I think we'd be talking about like a, a four and 12 season. I'm not even kidding. Like I, Carson was huge for us. Like I, I don't know about Nick Foles. Like fine, whatever. But like pretty much anyone else, like I just, I don't know what would happen. No, I'm, yeah, I'm saying I think even Nick Foles would have. Had yeah. like a two okay. and fourteen yes. season. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm with you 100 percent on all that. Carson Wentz, future quarterback, present quarterback, he's gonna be great. Is great. Yeah. Uh, another one I think you can agree with me on is Miles Sanders. Yes. <laughs> Even though he's not oh, the rookie of the year or anything like that, he is an MVP of the, the Eagles year. for me. I know he is. <laughs> probably you're probably not alone with that. I'm sure. Yeah. Probably get some public backlash. Uh. Yeah, Miles Sanders just, as I already said once, has just got better and better every single game and made so many big plays and started kind of turning into less than, even more than, I should say even more than a receiving back, you know. The guy would take a handoff and he showed some real good one-cut ability and ability to break tackles. And I think that potential is only going to grow going into next season when, you know, depending on what happens with Jordan Howard, even though even if he stays, uh, Sanders is going to get the bulk of the carries. I have oh, to imagine absolutely. that that script is flipped. Uh, Miles Sanders is the number one back in Philly going forward. Yeah, I agree. And he's a, he's so exciting to watch, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead and go ahead and tell the people more about Miles Sanders. <laughs> I mean, what do you? What else do you want to know about him? <laughs> I don't know, man. I just we all that. watched him all season. He saved our asses multiple times. He's just a fucking beast. He really he's so is a guy fast. That he can average like. Four yards a carry in a game, and then also like eight yards a catch. Like yes. it's insane the the amount of potential and talent that this kid has. And you knew he was going to be something. He played under Saquon Barkley right. and was like competitive with Saquon Saquon Barkley. Like there wasn't any doubt Saquon was going to start, but still, Penn State was like, we know we're good because we have Miles Sanders coming in right after him. Right. So I mean, that tells you something right there. And you hear Saquon talk about him. We saw it in uh, I think both Giants games that he's got nothing but good things to say about Miles Sanders. So the future is very bright with that kid. I agree. He seems like he's got, like, a good head on his shoulders, too. You watch All or Nothing, he's just – he's not super talkative, but you can just tell, like, he's focused, he's in there, he's working. He Absolutely. Like he does a lot of bullshit. That's good. You don't yeah. you don't want that. Nobody wants I mean, that. That's, that's just my analysis from watching a TV show, but – <laughs> Take it for what it is. <laughs> Very good investigative journalism done right there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, another guy. All these guys are offensive except for one. Uh, but I'm going to keep on the offensive train right now. And okay. I think another one you'll agree with me with is Greg Ward Jr., yes. who I just just added in at the very last second here because I kind of forgot about him. A- when you look at a season full of injuries to the best wide receivers we have, Alshon, Nelson, Deshaun Jackson. All these guys dropping like flies, or when they're playing, they're dropping passes, gigging penalties, all this bad stuff's happening. One guy emerges from all the filth, and it's Greg Ward Jr., who just comes in clutch with some big plays, some nice catches. He didn't get hurt at all, I don't think. Uh, just an unbelievable season from a guy you've never heard of and never would have expected. If you would have told me week one that probably the best player or receiver the Eagles are going to have this year is a guy named Greg Ward Jr., I'd look at you and say, 
you're absolutely insane. Who the hell even is that? Come to find out he's a former quarterback turned wide receiver. It's just a great story. I don't know. I really like Greg Ward Jr. this year. I'm a huge fan of Greg, and I I hope that he's someone that we bring back next year and maybe could fill that Nelson Aguilar role a little bit better. Could be. Could be. And, yeah, I I I hope he's not our best receiver going into next year. No, I'm not saying best receiver. I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, no, but yeah, I, I, I think he'll be back, and I don't know why he wouldn't. I think he's proved right. himself from, you know, uh, being the only wide receiver that Carson Wentz had pretty much and filling the shoes really well. Yeah, I think everyone fell in love with him when he caught that game winner over Washington. Oh, beautiful. That was such a moment. Yeah, he, he had a couple of really big games. His, yeah, oh, great board junior. Number number three on that. I don't know. These are not in any particular order besides Carson Wentz. Sure. <laughs> My only defensive guy is Brandon Graham. Oh, yeah. And I know Fletcher Cox got the Pro Bowl nod, and he played he played great. I mean, he was good. I think he played hurt a lot of the time, and you really didn't see him shift much till the end of the season. But Brandon Graham just he was I, he was a presence all season. Yeah, just so many Start. times getting to the quarterback, making the big you know fumble that we needed, or getting the big sack that we needed. Brandon Graham was the guy. I almost felt like he was snubbed out of a Pro Bowl. Right. Uh, I don't know how much of a popular opinion that is. There was a lot of plays, but this goes for the entire defense that you could look at Brandon Graham and be like, Brandon, what are you doing? But no, more times than not, that guy was disrupting the quarterback often. And, you know, this is continuous play for him. He always seems to be in the shadow of Fletcher Cox. But, I mean, he was the hero of the Super Bowl, in a sense. And I don't know. He's He just, I thought he deserves a little bit of recognition, even if it comes from this little podcast, so... No, I, th- I think if you had asked me to choose between Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham this season, I think Brandon Graham wins it all the way for me. And uh, you haven't watched All or Nothing yet, but Brandon Graham is a good portion of that show. They, really? He, he talks a lot, and they show him a lot. He is, he's an asset even when he's not on the field. He's over on the sidelines keeping spirits up and just fucking cracking jokes. He's such well, a good that's even better. I like that a lot. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, I thought Brandon Graham was the best defensive player we had this year uh, from start to finish. And I don't – he didn't – did he get hurt? He, maybe for like a game, but nothing yeah, he, he nothing went out, crazy long. He went out for maybe like half a game. Okay, yeah, yeah. Nothing, yeah. So bonus points for that because there's not a lot of guys that <laughs> – Can say that. Can say that, yeah. And my last one uh-huh. is – the backside hero for the Philadelphia Eagles and the backside, I mean, the last half of the season, yep. the guy that made some plays that you've never heard of before. And Darren I don't Sproles know. 2.0. Darren Sproles 2.0. Yes. That is a good way to describe <laughs> Mr. Boston Scott, who was unbelievable in the last few games of the season. And My God. Uh, again, another guy that you never heard of and probably wasn't going to get any playing time this year, but seized the opportunity and really for two games that I can think of led Philadelphia to, you know, their biggest wins of the season. And I mean, led <laughs> it's, I don't know, just crazy, crazy. And definitely deserved, you know, a little bit of a, a little bit of a shout out too for this MVP list. Yeah, I would definitely agree. Boston Scott was, he was so much fun to watch, dude. I don't know. I was looking over some of his stats. Um, he took over in the Giants game and had 19, 19 touches for only 54 yards, but then he also had four catches for 84 yards. So, like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, he's just so good at running those little screens, and he's so quick. I love it. I think, honestly, there is – I can't remember which game he came in, like, first, and – he just kind of like brought the team back to life. Like we were just struggling until we mm-hmm. got Boston Scott out there, and then it just it flipped. It was awesome. I'm a you know what? Boston Scott fan. I remember that game too, and I also don't remember what game it was. Right? Maybe the Giants. I think, I remember, it, I think it's the Giants. Looking. Yeah. Back. Yep. I, and I remember thinking to myself, like, Jesus, dude, like they need to take Carson Wentz out of this game, and it's not right. because he was playing bad, but like just something had perfect. to change. Yeah, he exactly. needed a spark. Yeah, it was Boston Scott. He came in and flipped that game upside down, and that was not the only time he did it, which is what's crazy. And yeah, I Boston Scott is a guy that definitely has earned his spot 
uh, for coming back next season and a guy that I think is going to get involved in the offense a little bit more. I definitely agree. Uh, real quick, I'm looking at these stats anyway. That Giants game where he first came in, uh, 10 carries for 59 yards, six catches on six targets for 69 yards. <laughs> his, his first game kind of coming in off the practice squad. Like, he has a few other carries before that, uh, throughout the season, but like, that's right. when he truly like comes in and just is awesome. Yeah. And you got to give a nod to, uh, Doug Peterson too for, you know, making that happen and, realizing that, yay, we're stuck in a rut here. Something's got to change. Why don't we get Boston Scott involved? Right. And yeah, it, it worked out beautifully. That that was awesome. So, yeah, definitely shout-out to Boston Scott on that. Uh, that is the list for my MVPs. Uh, I don't know if you have anybody you want to add to that, but those were the five that stood out to me the most this year. No, I think that would be my list as well. If I were to add anyone, maybe Brandon Brooks. True, true. Uh, he had a, an insane season besides that one game that he missed for – uh, anxiety reasons, but can't yeah, really, I was going to say that's, that's really kind of a good story too. Him it and, really uh, is. Him and Lane Johnson, especially, kind of helping each other out, and Lane helping Brandon with all that. Right. And uh, yeah, just kind of upsetting that he missed that game for anxiety reasons. But you know, it's it's it is what it is. Yeah, um, sure. I like it. Yeah, I like Brandon Books added into yep. that. I think that'd be my my completed list there. All right, uh, that's all I really have written down for the 2019. So. I don't know if there's anything you anything else you want to touch on before we get into bigger and better things, but nah, let's move on. It's 2020. 2020, baby. 2020. So moving on, we are in 2020 now. New season is around the corner. Couple weeks, free agency is going to be open up, and I think the Eagles have a lot of decisions to make, um, both as to who they're going to bring in and who they're going to let go. I'm looking at this. Let me let me count this up to make sure this is right. I'm pretty sure one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven offensive players they have to think about. Uh, really ten because one's Darren Sproles and we know he's retiring. Uh, yeah, so ten players on offense that are free agents this year. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine on defense. Really eight because one of them's Nigel Bradham and they've already said they're going to let him go. Um. So, yeah, that's that's a lot of guys that you're either going to have to decide, are we going to bring them back, or are we going to let them go? And these aren't small names either, you know? I mean, I'm looking at the offensive side, both of the backup quarterbacks, McCown and Sudfeld, mm-hmm. and, you know, McCown's 40 years old. I, d- I don't see him coming back. Do you bring back Sudfeld, or, I mean, do you look at free agency? I don't even know. And Did he really do anything <laughs> to prove himself? See, yeah, Sudfield's situation was kind of weird because I remember he hurt his wrist in the preseason. And yeah. then they were like, oh, we need another backup quarterback. We bring in Josh McCown, and then Sudfield is now the third string, so we don't really hear from him again for the rest of the season. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I haven't seen enough from Nate Sudfield to say if I like want him. Well, or, hopefully he's, <laughs> if he takes like a little contract, I guess, and I guess that would sure, probably yeah. be the case. But, yeah, you got to have somebody. I mean, right. if they both walk, then we're literally left with nothing. But, uh Okay. Uh, go ahead. The, uh, the thing about Josh McCown, like, I don't want him as our backup quarterback, but I love the role he played on our team, uh, this season. Yeah, I feel like this was a good swan song for him. Just, yeah. Especially if they would have won. Damn, that would have been really oh, cool. Oh my god. I can't but, even uh, imagine. Yeah, just getting in there and finally getting that, uh, you know, getting that playoff appearance and leading a team like the Eagles to an almost victory the way he did, like, that's a good way to go out, and he hasn't. I don't think he said if he's going to retire or not or yet, but my my guess is he's probably done. Right. Uh, but other than that, running backs, we got Corey Clement and Jordan Howard on the way out or on the way back in. Um, both of those are interesting to me. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Corey not playing at all last year, but was a big part of that Super Bowl run. Um, so that I mean that leaves Boston Scott and Miles Sanders. Do you bring back either of these guys or let them both walk? Well, obviously, we're like, oh, this is tough. Jordan Howard was so good for a good portion of the season. And then we found out what we had in Miles Sanders, and suddenly we don't care about Jordan Howard anymore. But he was so good. I think for Jordan Howard, it would depend on how much he wants paid. Yeah, that's that's what I was going to say, too. Because he right. was so good, that might be a good, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm just going to use trampoline. Uh-huh. You know, he can jump up and say, well, I deserve this much money for this right. many years. And obviously, Jordan Howard is not the future in Philadelphia. Right. 
So, so I, I would imagine Jordan Howard will probably end up walking. I think so, too. And I think that's probably mutually beneficial. Uh, the Eagles can go ahead and move on with Miles Sanders and figure out what they're going to do with him and Boston Scott and if they're going to bring in anybody else. And Jordan Howard hopefully gets a big, fat contract somewhere else uh, like he deserves. I mean, he played really well, and I would take Jordan Howard back, but I just feel like it becomes crowded and we have to start making decisions. And, yeah, I, I like moving on with the uh, – with the two we had, and maybe Corey Clement coming back. I don't know. It's just a third guy that's kind I'm of so like Miles Sanders and Boston Scott. Right, <laughs> so that's really what I'm thinking too. Like, if we have a third back, I want them to be like big and like yeah, like know, a Legarrette once more. Yes, than, exactly. Uh, the one or two, Clement. one or two yard like hard run type of back. Almost and I don't back. like having Corey Clement. Just feels like I don't know a worse Miles Sanders or I don't want to say a worse Boston Scott. We don't know that yet, but. Yeah, There's not like a lot of variety a, in the toolbox. It's, exactly. It's, they're yeah, all yeah. hammers. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. Um, probably lose Corey Clement. I, I really don't know. That one, I'm kind of, whatever happens, happens. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a good return guy. I, I feel like Boston Scott pretty much takes what he does. Like, he's just a more present version, more elite version now than Corey Clement. I, I don't know. I wouldn't mind seeing Corey Clement walk, too. Personally, I'm indifferent. Depends on how much we have to pay him. Um, I've got three wide receivers in here: Deontay Burnett, Shelton Gibson. Like you know, who knows? We'll see if they fight it out. Whatever. But the big one, Nelson Aguilar. Right. Um. Obviously, we were going to talk about him. Nelson Aguilar. He's got to go. Let's okay. <laughs> we're going to dive right in. I guess go. I was kind of going to sugarcoat it. <laughs> no, we shouldn't. <laughs> All right, you're right. Yeah, like, I. He's so bad. <laughs> That's the fucking so like so frustrating because he has these moments where he does good things, but it's just outshined by the blatant like miss like the drop balls and just the missed kind of cues. I don't know, man. Yeah, like, there's part saying- of you that like just wants to love him, but like you have to hate him because he just fucks up so much. <laughs> I'd be curious to go back and watch like. Or not watch, but see his stats for, like, the Lions game and the Falcons game and that Cowboys game where he had that big drop. Because I feel like he plays pretty well. That's but when the, the clutch yeah. moment comes, and then he screws it up every time. Exactly. Yep. And, that's, yeah, that's we can't have that. And I, I don't know, what are you going to sign him to? I mean, anything more than, like, a one-year deal worth almost nothing. <laughs> like, I, it doesn't seem worth it to me. No, I think he he can also go get paid somewhere else. Uh, more than he's worth, I would say, but he, I think he's going to ask for more than the Eagles are going to be willing to pay, hopefully. I don't want to see him come back and play for Philly. God knows he's going to go somewhere else and never drop a ball again the rest of his life. But Yeah, he's going to turn into a number one receiver somewhere. It's going right. to be awesome. Uh, all right, let's 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 move to the defense side of the ball. I guess we could talk about Jason Peters. I, I don't know if they bring him back. Andre, Andre Dillard is the future at that spot. They're pretty solid on the offensive line other than that. Jason Peters was relatively healthy this season, though. He had a couple games where I think he went out, but wasn't terrible for him, was it? There were games... No, no, no. No. It wasn't like he missed an extended period of time, but there were games where he'd, like, go down. Yes. And then we'd go to commercial, and then, like, the next drive, he's back on the field, but then he goes down again. Like, he gets hurt, like, four yeah, times a game. okay. I mean... It's it's kind of funny. It's not funny, but you know what I mean? He, he's just so old. <laughs> I, <laughs> he's a I, lifelong eagle, which, like, Kind of makes me want to keep him, but I don't know. Maybe I mean, maybe because he's a lifelong eagle, they can work something out. We're falling into that trap again, though, where it's like lifelong eagles. We got to keep them. That's that's the mistake Philly's been making. We got to get away from that. Yeah, maybe so they I, can. Maybe they just, can step back. Do you think he would do that? Do you think he'd like be a like a rotational guy, kind of like Andre Dillard was this year? I don't know. I don't know Jason Peters, but um, you haven't talked to him. No, I I'll send him a text real quick. And yeah, yeah, about. yeah. We'll come back to it after if he gets back to you. I don't know. Um, I like what we saw from Andre Dillard. I just I think I need to go back and see how good he really was, and that might convince me. He didn't really get a lot of playing time, and he's. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he was our number one overall pick last year. I feel like we gotta we gotta move on him eventually, right? I mean, yeah, that's true. You can't just. But that's another big thing, though. I mean, if Doug Peterson doesn't feel like he's ready, they probably will bring back Jason Peters. Yeah, and I would trust him to know more than you or me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, 
So, yeah, the offense, that's pretty much all I had on it. But the defense, I think, is where things start to get really interesting. Right. Um, because, A, our two starting cornerbacks, Jalen Mills and Ronald Darby, uh, both need new contracts. Rodney McLeod needs a new contract. But at the same time, we got Malcolm Jenkins, who from last season, if you remember, was also wanting a new contract, didn't get it. So this year, here he is again, wanting a new contract. And well-deserving, I should say. But Oh, my God, yes. Just decisions we're going to have to make, you know, and I I don't see Rodney McLeod and Malcolm Jenkins coming back. I think it's either one or the other. And I don't, you know, if you would have asked me this like last week, I would have been all about Malcolm Jenkins, but now I'm just not so sure. I'm moving back and forth. Okay. He's just, he's, he's on the, he's on the wrong side of 30, which is the same thing that can be said for Alshon Jeffrey and, um, and Deshaun Jackson, the difference is Malcolm Jenkins is more durable. He doesn't get hurt every single game. Or ever. Um, no, and he is he is the defensive leader on that team. I really do like that. But he's going to ask for a fat contract. It's going to eat up a lot of cap. How many more good years do we really have left in Malcolm Jenkins? And is it worth it? Um, you look at Brandon Graham. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I... I have no problem paying Malcolm Jenkins. Uh, he has given us no reason over the past however many seasons uh, to think that anything's going to go wrong with him. And, you know, like that might be once again the trap of trusting the trusting the lifelong Eagles. But I, I think Malcolm Jenkins deserves it. And I think that he is too big of a piece of that defense to let him go. He certainly deserves it. I'm not. I'm not denying that at all. The sure. fact that he definitely deserved it last season, and the fact that he took a step back, right? That's huge. Is, is big, yeah. So he does deserve it. There's no doubt about it. And somebody's going to pay him that money. If it's not going to be Philadelphia, somebody will. Right. But I, I just look at last season. I can't really pinpoint anything that I'm like. Oh, you remember when Malcolm Jenkins did that? Like he wasn't really a factor. As a matter of fact, and this kind of goes for both safeties. There was so many times, I mean, how many times did Ronald Darby or Jalen Mills get burnt on the end from a guy running a seam route, but there's no help over the top? And I'm not saying that's their fault. It might have been a scheme, you know, where the safeties weren't even playing over the top, but it can't be like that every single time. Somebody fucked up. I don't know who it was. It was one of the two. And I can just pinpoint more Rodney McLeod good plays than I can Malcolm Jenkins just from last season. I don't know. I, I really don't know. All I know is one's going to stay, one's going to go, or they're both going to go. That's that's all I know. Okay. Fair yeah. Enough. I don't know. I'm on the Malcolm Jenkins train, I think. Yeah, and I I wish they could both stay. I like them both. Damn right. it. <laughs> it's funny how that works. Yeah. And then I don't know if I like them both, because maybe if they're blowing schemes, I don't like either one of them. It's hard to tell. Hopefully uh, they'll, they'll figure that out. But to yeah, me, the more think- pressing issue. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, you're good. I I was just gonna say I think that that's gonna be resolved either way. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think the biggest problem is the cornerbacks. Yes. I mean, let me ask you this, all right? And I've got sure. a feeling what you're gonna say, but Jalen Mills, Ronald Darby, and Craig James, by the way. But <laughs> uh, keep them both. Keep one or the other, and which one, or let them both walk. Which one do you choose? Someone's got to go. Ooh, but not uh, both. I don't think both. Um, so who are you keeping? Jalen, I think. That's why I'm at, too. My reasoning for that is Jalen's still relatively young, and he hasn't, like, he's played well. Like, not lights out well. Like, I don't think that Jalen is ever going to be a number one corner. Right. But I think given someone more elite to cover you know, like the better receiver, and then Jalen takes the number two guy, I think he would be solid. And I think he's, once again, one of those, like, kind of important voices for the defense. Uh, He brings an energy. He's kind of exciting. Yeah, he certainly got his own identity and brings an identity to the defense. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm with you. I mean, exactly like that. Ronald Darby was so unimpressive last year. Right. I thought, I mean, you don't have to go farther than the Vikings game where, I mean, on back-to-back drives, Stephon Diggs runs the same exact route and burns him twice the exact same way. How do you, how does that happen as a professional? Like, how did you let that happen? Doesn't matter. Jalen Mills, 
it's hard to tell what we have because he's always hurt. A right. Hopefully that's behind him. Who knows? But when he was healthy last year until like the end of the season, he was one of the best cornerbacks as far as locking down his guy in the league. And that's the way it was for like three games, three weeks right. in the NFL. That's a long time. So I'm with you. I think there's a lot more potential in Jalen Mills. So if one has to stay, I'm picking Jalen and I think I would like him to stay. And also we need to bring in somebody else. And you're right. I don't think he's a number one cornerback, but you get him in either the other side of the field where he's going against the off receiver or even in the slot. I think he might do well. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. They just need to bring in some talent and let Jalen Mills kind of take a back seat and yeah, see what we go from there. I agree for sure. Um, uh, that's really all I had on the defense, too. I mean, uh, other than those guys, uh, Camo Grugier Hill, Vinny Curry, Timmy Jernigan, and Hassan Ridgeway, all free agents. Uh, if they don't bring back Vinny Curry or Timmy Jernigan, they're going to have to get somebody on that defensive line, whether it's through the draft or through free agency. Mm-hmm. Um, from what I hear, I think they're going to let Timmy walk. They might keep Vinny Curry. I'm not sure. but uh, And then Camo Grugier Hill, like, yeah, I, I don't know what they're going to do with him. Hopefully he gets a deal. I kind of like him, but yeah. And they need linebackers. Yeah. Oh, and I mean, Cameron Johnston, damn it, signed the punter. Yeah, yeah, keep him for sure, <laughs> dude. Lights out. Yeah, yeah, no low We brought him up a few times. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> he was awesome last year. He really Getting, was. Oh give God. that man a max. I want him yep. the highest paid punter in football. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever Carson's making, double it. Double it. Oh god. <laughs> Punters will never be the same. Yeah. I want I don't care if we have to drop all eight of these guys on defense. Give Cameron Johnson whatever money he wants. Okay. Let's just clean a house. Yeah. All right. So yeah, that's that's all the action as far as who we have to sign, who we don't want to sign. Um I'd like to hear from you guys if you want to see uh, you know, who you think the Eagles should keep, who should they get rid of. I'm guessing we're all kind of in the same boat about Ronald Darby, but maybe I'm wrong. I'm more excited to talk about some potential pickups because, my goodness, there are some interesting free agents out there, don't you think? Yeah. Go ahead. What do you think? All right. Um, so for the offense, the biggest need, obviously, is wide receivers. Mm-hmm. And I've got four listed here that I think, realistically, the Eagles should go after and could go after. And in my opinion, in my opinion, if I had it my way, they let Alshon go. Yeah, I don't want Alshon I, on the team anymore. I actually meant to bring that up earlier. Um, yeah, the problem is the cap hit that we mm-hmm. get. Yeah, so it it is bad, but it's almost worth it, man. You think so? It almost is worth it. Like he's he's not on the field. <laughs> he just doesn't play. What's what's the point? I, I don't mean, know. Here's my I think it was problem. just kind of like a fluke thing. Do you think he would come back next year? Like, no, I don't it's know. happened two years in a row. True. Right. Yeah, he doesn't play, and he doesn't play well with Carson. I don't know why, but right. it just, I don't know. It doesn't work. I don't know why. Uh, in a perfect world, Cap not involved, let's just say. Jeffrey goes. Jeffrey goes. Aglor goes. Yeah. So we're left with, what, Deshaun Jackson, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, Greg Ward. We, dra- we get two of these guys, and we draft a receiver, and maybe even draft another receiver to compete with the second guy, you know, somebody on that team. Uh, here are my four that I have listed. Amari Cooper, who would be interesting. Robbie Anderson, AJ yep. Green, and Emmanuel Sanders. Ooh. And yeah. realistically, the guy I've highlighted that I think they definitely should go after is Robbie Anderson. That's who I have too. Okay. Yeah. Well, I really, page. really like Robbie Anderson. Me too. Uh, you look what he did on a team that the offense is so bad. Oh, God, it's atrocious. <laughs> yeah, like Sam Darnold's a decent quarterback, but still, Robbie Anderson played great. And he's a great route runner. He's quick. He's a guy that can be kind of flexible as far as if he's the number one or the like even the number three if he's playing out of the slot. He does. He's kind of like a hybrid wide receiver. And he's, he's reliable. young, too, isn't he? Yeah, not not yeah. too many years in the league. Uh, on the right side of 30, which right. uh, we can't say about a lot of our receivers. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I think him and Carson would, would do great things together. I agree. I, I like that a lot. I don't know how I feel about Amari Cooper. You said that's interesting. I kind of agree. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's always a weird situation when you bring in someone straight from the Cowboys. Oh, this is not the last one, my friend. I, I'm i aware, but... Foreshadow. <laughs> oh, shit. 
But uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I just like Amari Cooper. <laughs> that's more. I mean, that's more. It's it. hard just, not to like, but yeah, I don't know. And we have I, seen some history of bringing in. Do you in a think Cowboy. the Cowboys are actually going to let him walk? Are they going to have to? Dude, they are. They're a I know fire right too. now. Like I, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. They they've got their own. Right. They got to sign their freaking quarterback. I know. Yeah, like they've got money to hand out. And they don't have any money like left to do so with. Um, yeah, I. If we're talking about the Cowboys real quick, I think they pulled the trigger too quick to pay Zeke that big money. I mean, I know he deserved it, but that's a lot of money, especially when you know you got to pay a guy like Amari Cooper and your quarterback who's going to ask for even more money. You know, you know, Dak Prescott doesn't want to take anything less than what Carson Wentz is making. Oh, absolutely not. Or Jared Goff or any of those guys. Like, yeah, it's going to be in that ballpark, if not more. Yeah. So, and Amari Cooper, for the most part, when he was playing was. I mean, one of the best receivers on the field. So he's yeah. going to want a big contract, too, I have to imagine. Uh, maybe the Eagles can't pay it. I don't know. I'm not saying it's a perfect fit. That's why I didn't highlight him. But yeah. he is a guy that I think can make a big difference if all works out well. You know, a guy that makes an immediate impact and that him and Carson get on the same page, we can have something really special, I think. Right. I agree with you. Especially having I mean, D-Jax with, mixed into there if he's healthy this year. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, jeez. That's that's a whole other conversation. Absolutely. Um, I think realistically, Robbie Anderson and Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, I thought Emmanuel Sanders had a really good resurgence in in San Francisco. They might actually pay him a contract. I'm not sure. Yeah, I was actually thinking the same thing there. I don't imagine he's leaving the 49ers. Yeah, he, he was huge though. Hopefully, he's going to leave, and he's going to want somewhere to go. I've heard a lot of rumors he likes Philadelphia, but. You know, another guy that's going to want a big contract, and again, it's hard. To, where's, what's he going to do if they have Alshon Jeffrey? What are they going right. to do with Alshon Jeffrey? Like, it's all bad. It's wasted money without. Yeah, it's so bad. Yeah, I'd give anything for him to be a free agent right now. You bring in a guy like AJ Green, who is pretty much Alshon Jeffrey, but better. Right. Uh, I don't know. Does Alshon just go to the other side? But then, what do you do with Deshaun Jackson? Or that's it's not like he can just play the slot. That's he's played. That's you know, that right side wide receiver his entire career. Right. And he's good oh. at that. Yeah. Yeah. Very good at it. <laughs> weird, weird things. It Just really is. I'm, person, at least. I I kind of agree. Um, yeah. And then on the other side of the ball, um, we need a cornerback. And yes. there, there's one that I want. Oh. I, can, can you take a guess? It's pretty, pretty easy. Well, the one that sticks out the most to me I don't think who I don't think that's who it is. I think you told me this. I'm trying to remember who you said. No, just tell me. Darius Slay. Oh, okay, yeah. You know what? All I had listed were free agents. Yeah, they they definitely want to trade him. They're asking a lot, but you know, Darius Slay is a he's a solid ass cornerback. He's a lockdown cornerback. Like that's what we need. That and is like, what we need. You've you've seen it. He's proven. We don't have to go through this process of like trying to evaluate talent and draft someone, like, we just know what we're getting. Like, I think that's worth paying a little bit more for in a position we've struggled at for the past, I don't know how many years. Too many. Like, at this point, like, just go with something safe at that position. Wide receiver, we can still mess around a little bit. Like, cornerback, I think that needs lockdown this this offseason some way, somehow. Yeah, and there's a lot, a lot of free agents this year. Uh, and that Darius Slay... Excuse me. I think more than any other team that I can think of off the top of my head makes a lot of sense for the Philadelphia Eagles because he is a lockdown corner, like you said, and a guy that's, you know, looking for a new home and a team that doesn't want him anymore. So it makes a lot of sense. Um, the thing about cornerbacks that are weird is like, you never know how one's going to pan out in a new system. Uh, you know, I think back to when the Eagles got Namdi Asamoa, who was the best cornerback in football, no doubt about it. And, immediately sucked as soon as he got to Philadelphia. I'm not saying that happens to every single cornerback. We've seen it work out plenty of times, and it's about time that worked out for the Eagles. You know, I don't think it has worked out since Asante Samuel, and that was years ago. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I would love to have Darius Slay. Uh, the other ones I have highlighted, this is where that foreshadowing came into play. Oh, God. Byron Jones. Okay. Probably the best cornerback available in free agency coming out of the Dallas Cowboys. And from what I understand, it doesn't look like the Cowboys are going to get him back. I'm already talking about they got to pay their quarterback. They might have to pay their wide receiver. Byron Jones is going to take a big contract, and maybe the Eagles give it to him. Um, 
But like you said, we've had some problems with former Cowboys cornerbacks no more than a year ago. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's, we just need somebody. Somebody's yes. got to define this defense at cornerback. The other one I have is Chris Harris. Uh, he's freaking incredible. Um, out of Denver. Eli Apple out of New Orleans, yeah. maybe a backside guy that can throw in there on a, on a light contract. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's all you have on cornerbacks. Just bring in somebody, please, Philly. Bring in somebody. That's that's a position I don't want solved in the draft. I want that through free agency. Yeah, it, well, especially cornerbacks so unique. It, it's another position that it's very hard for somebody to just come into the NFL and play with these elite-level wide receivers, different than what right. they've seen in college, and immediately get it. You know, new system, bigger, faster wide receivers than you've ever seen with the best hands in the world. And it takes a minute for him to get into uh, get on to speed. I think they should get a defensive back in the draft. Sure, Not but, I, overall, but yes, I want someone else. Before yes, them. definitely a veteran that is a proven veteran. If we're gonna, we have a big, we have a lot of cap cap room, and I think this is where we be should be spending our money. I agree. Yeah, I, I would like agree. to see him bring in two cornerbacks as well. Yep, I think Darius Slay in a trade would be great. Either Byron Jones or Chris Harris. And then a guy like uh, Bradley Roby, Eli Apple, somebody like that on kind of a shorter deal, less money. Let's let's change. Let's mix things up. You know. Right. Um, I have I have a funny question for you, but first I want to talk about. I highlighted a couple of safeties. I just read an article actually about Haha Clinton Dix mm-hmm. possibly becoming a Philadelphia Eagle. That's and interesting. Yeah, I think you know he's been on two different teams now, the Packers and Bears, and he's been really good both times interesting replacement um i don't remember exactly what position he plays i think he's a free safety so that'd be for rodney mcleod but i think geez malcolm jenkins and ha clinton Dix, that'd be pretty elite back there yeah that'd be insane yeah yeah uh i've got some other guys listed dante fowler just in case like you know we need somebody on the defensive line i mean there's a lot i mean a lot on defense especially of really good players we can get but my question to you, Kelson, a big free agent name out there that is, I believe, looking for a new home is Got somebody it. we're familiar with, Jadeveon Clowney. Oh, shit. What are your <laughs> thoughts on bringing in Jadeveon Clowney? I can't, man. <laughs> you gotta, like... I literally wrote me, it, like, Jadeveon Clowney, question mark? <laughs> <laughs> Just ask me in, like, two months. I'm still not over it. <laughs> Yeah, um, I'm like, is there going to be some bad blood there? Like, I think there would be. Like, I mean, obviously imagine, they're professionals. Bro. Like, they get over it and it'd be fine. But like, I don't know. He kind of has a track. It like this wasn't like a one and done thing too. Like this has happened with them before. Right, right. And, like, you know I kind of, I kind of like a little feist that. in my corner or in my defensive player. I, man. Too, I like him. I mean, I do too. But I don't like cheap hits. That's true. That is true. Like, know, that was a big hit. We didn't talk about that, but that was a big hit too because it was on dude, a third down. That's bullshit. On a third down, that the Eagles were at like midfield. Yeah. yeah, and we didn't even get a penalty for it or anything. No. Yeah, I mean if they got the guy. if they got a first down off of that, off in a you know unnecessary roughness or roughing the pass or whatever. Right. I mean they're on the Seahawks side of the field. I mean that was a close game. That was a big play not to get called. Right. Uh, I mean. But, Man, Jadeveon Clowney and Brandon Graham on the ends. Oh my god. Plus he can play linebacker too. Like that'd be I don't know. It'd be kind of fun. I'm not I'm not ready to talk about that yet, I don't think. That's just too much. That's fine. I'll defer to you because <laughs> I was pushing for Antonio Brown pretty hard and you said See, no. Yeah, so. Right. <laughs> I mean, a little bit different, but but not really. <laughs> sure regret that. I hope you do. Yeah, god dang it. He's still he's still a great wide receiver. I'm not yeah, not changing my stance on that. He's a fucking psychopath. So. You're right. You're right. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Obviously, we're gonna be. I'll be. We'll be tweeting about it. All sorts of stuff. Free agency is always fun. Uh, it's goofy. It's wacky. We'll see everything that happens. Those are interesting words to describe free agency. But still, it should be fun. I'll. We'll see what the Eagles do. Uh, let's move into the next phase. The next time we'll be talking to you guys after the NFL draft. We have some people that maybe we think the Eagles should get, or at least positions we should be targeting. Uh, Kelson, the Eagles pick in the first round, pick number 21. Who do you like? What direction should we go to? Hmm. 
Well, obviously, we've been harping on this this entire podcast. Wide receiver and cornerback are our two biggest needs. So it's, to me, I think it makes sense to go wide receiver. And I think it's really hard to go wrong. Like, I think you just kind of take the best one available, and I think we'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, and it's, I mean, obviously, we're recording this podcast come out before uh, the NFL Combine and Pro Days and things like that. So uh, the... McShay's mock drafts got the Eagles taking Henry Ruggs the third. This is 2.0. Uh, Kuiper's got him taking T. Higgins, uh, his 2.0. I, I'm with you. I mean, I Either think it's got, it's got to be a wide receiver first pick. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we've already got one that we picked in the second round that needs to be playing more. Right. And, but uh, there are so many good wide receivers in this draft and there are so many guys that I think can make a big difference, uh, immediately out there on the field at wide receiver. My favorite is T. Higgins. Uh, we discussed that a little bit already. I think he's got a great route running ability. He's got good hands. He's reliable. He kind of reminds me of Robbie Anderson a little bit, but I think his ceiling's a lot higher than Robbie Anderson. And he's a guy that could maybe change the offense, uh, both immediately and long-term. So I think him and Carson Wentz going around would be great. Uh, the other guy for me I have is uh, the other guy for McShay, which is Henry Ruggs III. That speed is undeniable, bro, and that is a big part of playing that position. And yeah, a lot of a lot of fun can be had right there. Uh, I've got cornerback. Hopefully, maybe in the second round. Um, don't have any names listed, but cornerbacks, linebackers. I have offensive line in case we don't get Jason Peters back, and we got to draft a quarterback. I think, like, not right. obviously for a replacement issue, but a guy maybe we groom, a guy just to have as the third string, something like that. Like, I think a quarterback would be a good idea too. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Maybe Jalen Hurts. I don't think he'll fall that far, but that'd be cool. Uh, yeah, don't really have a lot for the draft yet. Just looking nah. forward to, just looking forward to seeing what it's going to be. Should be um, fun. It's always yeah. Fun. So now let's, I think, get to. I don't know if it's the main event, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, free agency happens, draft happens. We're into the 2020 season finally. Looking way too early predictions for the Philadelphia Eagles this year. Uh, we were talking a little bit before the podcast started about us having, according to like NFL.com, somebody the fifth easiest schedule in the NFL. And, that's not uh, true. Yeah, neither one of us think that's true. I'm curious to see what you guys think, but I don't know how you can say it's the fifth easiest schedule when you got to play the 49ers, the Ravens, the Steelers, the Packers, the Rams, the Ravens. I mean, the and the Cowboys twice, and the Saints. Yeah, that is a lot. That is a lot. Uh, yeah, that's a hell. Go ahead and share a little bit how you think the season will go, at least against those games from what we know right now. Sure. So you kind of already mentioned all of our, our trouble games, right? Um, we're looking at the Rams, the Seahawks, the 49ers, the Ravens, the Saints, the Packers, and the Cowboys twice. Other than that, nothing else really concerns me too much. Um, so I think we're kind of looking here at, like, you know, eight or so games that could, you know, go poorly or you know, we'll see. Um, so I think, you know, you kind of have to err on the side of caution. You look at the Cowboys, probably like, we'll win one, uh, they'll, we'll lose one. Um, and then the rest of it, you look at the Rams, like, Rams, I think we could have beat this year. Um, I think that they're the worst of, of this list. Uh, but God knows what they're going to do this offseason. So, I don't know. Like, that's kind of up in the air. The Seahawks, obviously going to be really, really good. They were good last year, beat us twice. Uh, 49ers made it to the Super Bowl. Uh, Ravens should have made it to the Super Bowl. Saints, also Super Bowl contenders. Packers, like, that is insane. Like, so you look at those games and you kind of, you have to hope that the Eagles solve all of their problems this offseason and, you know, we get really excited for next season like we were for this one, and we we start thinking, like, we can beat some of these teams. So you split those. And so I'm looking at, like, you know, three and three through that whole stretch. So I'm thinking we end up somewhere around 12 and four is, like, my kind of optimistic kind of hope right now. What do you think the minimum is? The minimum? Yeah, like, worst, so worst, worst case could- scenario. Worst I mean, obviously, case scenario, like we drop. 16. Worst case scenario, we drop all six of these, and we still split the Cowboys. I think I'm just gonna, you know, stick with splitting the Cowboys. We drop all six of these. 
Uh, we would be what seven, seven and yes. nine, seven and or, nine. Yeah, yeah, seven and nine. Yeah, that would suck. Yeah, see, that's that's a tough little group there. And I think I was looking earlier. Let me find it real quick. We play the Rams, the Seahawks, and the Ravens back to back. Like <laughs> that is a stretch that we have to go through. And then we go down later, and to end our season, we play the 49ers, the Redskins, the Packers, and the Saints. Hmm. Like, yeah. that is brutal. Yeah, yeah. That's going to have to be a finish strong mentality right there. Because, like, the beginning of our season doesn't look bad. We open up against Arizona, we play Cleveland, Dallas, New York, Dallas, the Giants, the Redskins, and then we just hit this, like, wall of really good football teams. And <laughs> I don't know, like, I... I think a lot of it's going to come down to what happens this offseason and if we get the quality talent we need. But the Eagles are, I don't think they're going to have it, you know, the way we've had it these past two seasons where we've been able to kind of, you know, play our way into the playoffs at the end. I think they're going to have to start really, really strong. Yeah. And they're going to have to win some really tough games at the end. Yeah, hopefully with, you know, the opponents they have in the very beginning, they can just ride that momentum and, you know, ride that confidence uh, right into these big games. And then once right. they win one of those big games, it's like, oh, who the hell can stop us, you know? Yeah. Makes uh, sense. I have it pretty similar. I had I had the Eagles splitting with the – I didn't actually see the, uh, like, who we're playing each week, you know, like week one to 17. I just have them – I just know who we're playing and who's home and away. Uh-huh. Uh, I had a splitting with the Cowboys, and I had a clean sweep from the Giants and Redskins, even though I will say – I think the Giants and Redskins are both trending the right direction. Oh, yeah, I think they're for both sure. getting better. I think hiring Ron Rivera in Washington is a very good thing, and having the second pick overall where they can get a guy like Chase Young, that's going to make a big difference on defense. Like, yeah, they're they're in the right direction. I mean, the Giants even got better last year. Daniel Jones looked good. We yeah. talked about him a few times. I, Yeah, I mean, they're definitely going to become more competitive teams that you can't just kind of write off as wins anymore, but... For now, until I see some of these things happen, I'm just going to keep doing that. Yeah, yeah. I played this very safe, as I, would, I think right. I told you before. Like, to me, I, it seems to make sense right now that we'll split with the Cowboys and we'll go ahead and call, you know, two wins against the Giants, two wins against the Redskins. Uh, for the home games, I had us winning against uh, the Bengals and the Rams. Uh, but I had us losing to the Ravens, the Saints, and the Seahawks. Dear God. Yeah, I mean, it, the Ravens and Saints are, those are tough games. The Seahawks, like, I feel like we match up pretty good with Seattle, but God, when's the last time we beat Seattle? It's been forever. I'm hoping that changes this year, but I haven't seen anything yet that says otherwise, so, again, I'm playing this very safe. The away games, I have us winning against the Cardinals, the Browns, and the Steelers, uh, and losing to the Packers and 49ers, which brings our record to 10-6, and six, which respectable, but, you know, we obviously want to be better than that. And like you said, this could very much be subject to change depending on who we can bring in, what kind of big names, and especially early on in the season, you know, when we start to really see what we have. Uh, but, yeah, I think I think 10-6 and six is respectable for now. It looks good. It's a good starting point, I think, for th- where the team is right now, and it can only go up. That's kind of the way I see it. So, Yeah, that makes sense, and I think – you know, the big hope for the 2020 season is just health. Uh, you just got to hope that we don't have this injury plague that we've had the past two seasons hit us again because it's so frustrating it to is. go into a season and you feel like you have, like, you have all the pieces, everything's looking good, like, and then just guys just drop every game. It is it is terrible. I mean, and that first game even, like, just – Big guys like Malik Jackson getting hurt and yeah. and Deshaun Jackson like both of them in the first game like come on that that sucks. I mean technically Deshaun Jackson played a little bit of the second game, but yes, that is true. Yeah, but but uh yeah, and it, it what's even worse is and I'll use Deshaun Jackson as an example. You know he looked great in that first game. Oh my god, yeah. Uh, but he obviously didn't. I mean, could he have played that way? the entire season if he never got hurt. I mean, obviously we would like to think yes, but we really don't know. And we don't have any sample size for him. And he's not the only player. There's so many guys like that on the Philadelphia Eagles. So, yeah, on paper we think it looks really good, but we haven't really seen this team at full strength to know what needs, you know, what other areas maybe have holes in it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
So hopefully, yes, that more than anything, well, not more than anything, but my biggest hope for next season is we just have a healthy season. So we right. have a fair comparison to how good everything really is in the organization. Cause I think it is really good. And I think the injuries are just plaguing us. So hopefully I that's agree. the case. Yep. And um, we can break this stupid trend. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing. Um, yeah, just gotta stay healthy. All right. Um, I think we're about ready to wrap up the 2019 season officially. Um, both labeled it as pretty much a success. Could have been better. Um, we're going to be back. I don't, we don't have an exact day. We'll tweet it out at some point, but right after draft time, I think, talk about some of the picks, the free agents, kind of a similar podcast to this, but just on the flip side before we get, you know, ready again to start a regular season, trying to get you every week, hopefully. You make um, it sound so close, but it's nowhere near close. I know. <laughs> so Bad. depressing. Yeah. Like this is the drafts in April, right? Yep. And so it's we February. Have, so. Yep. It did, it did kind of see, yeah, no, we'll talk to you in like four <laughs> months or something yeah. like that. Peace out. Uh, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna try to restructure some things though, make it a little bit more, I don't know, entertaining, a little more pizzazz. Uh, we'll figure, we'll give you guys something special, but, uh, right. Kelson, let's close it out for the last time, baby. Our first year inaugural podcast. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun getting to do this. Um, you know, really do this in depth deep dive of every, Almost every game the Eagles played this season. Um, we got a little rough in, you know, scheduling some places, but I don't know. It's been a lot of fun. I hope someone's enjoyed it besides me and Colin. We'll see. But I think 2020 should be, you know, even better. I'm excited. We'll see what happens. Um, Till then, have a good one. Yeah.